This is Cinema Degeneration. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing that. Just some things you gotta do. We all go a little mad sometimes. You wanna know what happens to an eyeball when it gets punctured? You just can't let them go? Go! Hi, I'm Chucky, wanna play? <laughs> Please, God. This is God. The dead will walk here. I'm just gonna bash your brains. And your suffering will be legendary even in hell. <laughs> it's alive, it's alive, it's alive. They all flow down here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Boy, on this show, this is your brain on film. We turn our attention to films that warp your minds and melt your faces. We will be discussing the psychedelic themes explored by Alejandro Jodorowsky, Gapar Noe, and David Lynch. We'll also be cranking the party up to 11 by exploring the ruckus party films of Cheech and Chong, Broken Lizard, National Lampoons, and Jay and Silent Bob. Join us for a mind-altering good time. And remember, don't try this at home. I will destroy you with my turbo gun, the ultimate weapon against the robot. Okay, well, you could put this in the show. It's pre-show, pre-show time. It's like foreplay. Foreplay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that? <laughs> what? People can get it up. Um. <laughs> All righty, folks. Welcome once again to Cinema Degeneration. This is your brain on film. And right now, we have no brains. <laughs> so our brain is on film. It's like a fried egg right now. 
and we are going to be reviewing and dissecting the 2015 Turbo Kid. And joining me this evening is Jerry the Demon <laughs> Reeves. Excuse me, hold on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> always hoping to start out that way. Oh goodness, uh, hey, hey, Cameron, hey, how's Cameron. it been, dude? Good. You, Your you video can't see what I'm seeing, folks, because you know we are recording this in video, but you know, strictly audio podcast. Jerry is stroking a, a Care Bear in front of me right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a really, green really. Care Bear. <laughs> Hold on. Let's see if I can. Oh, I camera shot at it, so I'll show it on. I'll send it to you so we can show it. Right okay. on, right on. All right. Uh, so, so how are we doing this evening? You feeling good, Jerry? Feeling great. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. I'm still recovering post-surgery and stuff, but I felt better than I felt in several days. Uh, I finally got a decent night's rest the other night. Uh, still not sleeping through the night, but that's okay. You know, I'll get enough sleep when I'm dead. That quill. <laughs> right. Uh, so for this, for a little bit of backstory with this movie, I suggested it to Jerry because yeah, I was trying to suggest a movie that he had never seen, uh, like the last movie we had did uh, together, Mandy. You know, <laughs> we had never seen, and I and I kind of blew his mind. I, I wanted to kind of even further blow up his mind with, with Turbo Kid. Now this movie. I go way back with this movie. We, Patty, my wife, and uh, myself went to a convention called Horror Hound, and it was in 2015. And uh, they had a special sneak preview screening. It wasn't really even on on the the, the ballot, so to speak. Oh, well, I've I've heard of that 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 horror convention, but I've never yeah. been invited. Yeah, I've well, we we have been, been. I've never been invited to any. I've never been invited to any. <clears throat> invited to any. <clears throat> <laughs> I would invite you, but like we can't, <clears throat> we can't go to any conventions right now. <clears throat> Still invite. Horror Hound, it's, it's a good show. Horror Hound is a good show, but it's gotten a little big for its britches now. Really? I would never be invited as a guest there. I'm too I'm too small fry for them. But we were there. We were just there as as fans, you know, just enjoying it. And I Michael Ironside. Am taller than those other guys. <laughs> and bigger. This guy. Not just, not just taller, but bigger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but as the story goes, as the story goes, we went to this, this movie screening, and it's you know just based off the uh, poster alone that they had all over the walls was Turbo Kid, and they had a special guest. He was not on the guest list. Uh, Michael Ironside, who was also in you know Watchers, he was in Total Recall, he was in. Uh, Terminator, Salvation, you know, a bunch of movies. He's been in over 250 movies, you know, and he plays the main antagonist in this movie, Zeus. So he, he's been in a and, couple of things. Yeah, he, he has been in Scanners. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Great actor, great guy, but he was not on the guest list. He just showed up and to promote the film and do a, a special little intro. He just walked in and was just kind of like, hey, I'm here. It was a big surprise, and he introduced this movie. Patty and I watched it, fell in love with it, bought it on Blu-ray the minute it was available. And I implore anybody out there, if they haven't seen this movie, God, get your, get yourself a copy of it. It's amazing. But give y'all a quick little IMDb synopsis so you kind of know what you're getting into. In the post-apocalyptic wasteland of 1997, 
A comic book fan adopts the persona of his favorite hero to save his enthusiastic friend and fight a tyrannical, tyrannical, I think that's a word, tyrannical overlord. (laughs) Now, again, we own this. Uh, We'd seen it several times over the years. I hadn't watched it in probably a good year and a half, two years. So it was really fun to watch this over again. We watched it this morning before the show. And uh, we'll get into it. We'll we'll dissect it bit by it's bit. Right now. Oh, you're watching it right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Not, I, every time I have a I have a show with you, I always have it on in the background. Oh, nice. I do that a lot too. If I'm able, if I'm able to put it on my TV in the background in my office, I do that. Now I got to ask. You know, I, we were talking off the air about this, and and it resembled another movie that you had watched. We won't talk about that movie because that movie is a. Uh, Quite frankly, a huge piece of shit. <laughs> what? Uh, movie... Zombie Land Two? Oh yeah, M- motherfucking double tap. Fuck that oh. movie. Yeah. <laughs> I say they ripped off Turbo Kid. Yeah, and not well. They didn't do it well either. Turbo Kid did it before and did it better, but Turbo Kid didn't have zombies. But I gotta ask. I gotta ask now. What was? Uh, you know, we'll dissect this. You know, bit by bit as we usually do. What did you? Th- What's your first impression of the movie, other than that reminded you of uh, Zombie Land Two? Um, well, um, the the feel of way further back than nineteen ninety seven had a feel of eighties. You know, your eighties sci-fi with eighties apocalyptic everything. You know, of course that's sci-fi too, but you know, there's different type of apocalyptic stuff, but. It was fascinating that they said it was 97. And yeah, it was supposed to be the future of 1997. I was just like, well, no wonder everything was stuck in the 80s, you know? Yeah. They never really <laughs> say how many years had passed from the apocalypse to now. I, I did find that it was interesting. I did not know this until I did a little digging on it and did a little research. The reason It was originally supposed to be a, a, a completely dried up desert wasteland. And the reason why that it was so wet and everything and it was covered with this green goo and everything was because they had torrential rain during the filming and everything was wet and covered in puddles. So they dyed the water green to make it look toxic. And this added the the intro about the toxic rain and the ruins of the world being, you know, covered with this toxic rain that like covered everything. So, you know, I I, I like that idea that they, you know what I mean? That they adapted and overcame. Yeah, but, that, that, I, I like that. <laughs> then we got we got Monroe Chambers as the kid, or Turbo Kid. You know, he's mostly just known as the kid. He never really has a, a name. He's never known as anything besides Turbo Kid. And, you know, I had not known him from anything before this movie, and I'm going to be honest, I have not seen anything with him uh, since this movie came out. <laughs> No, I, I, I have, you know, I thought he was really good, you know, for a, for a kid, you know, early teen actor, he was really good. Uh, and the opening of it, you know, it plays off like a BMX bandits meets Mad Max set in the world of post-apocalyptic rad. <laughs> I know. I was like, man, when, when you told me there was BMX style biking in there, I was like, oh yeah. But, uh, that, I'll have to say that was probably the, the the only letdown I had of this show was they didn't have more uh, bike racing or chasing. They had some great bike scenes, but they didn't have enough for me. Yeah, 
it wasn't like you know the gleaming acute gleaming they the cube coming of, through uh, a window with, and a skateboard goes into their forehead you know nothing. right not that but i've ever seen i like the fact that everybody has a bike in this from the good guys to the bad guys it's not like just the you know a couple of them have bikes in this the kids know everybody even the uh the Frederick character, you know, that is kind of like your man, man with no name is everything is still just riding a BMX bike. <laughs> uh, or the, 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 the trader guy, he has oh. the uh, free will bike with the trailer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Every, Bagu. Everybody has a bike. Motherfucking Bagu. And that's like pretty much right at the beginning of the movie. You know, you get the, you know, turbo kid, you know, scavenging the landscapes picking up you know little trinkets and whatnot trying to find water and food and trinkets to trade in then he goes into that little area that has no name the little place of commerce is really something else to behold you know that's where you get your like cavalcade of fucking fucked up the market yeah the, the cavalcade of fucked up characters when you get bagu the trader he's a he's a slimy little bastard he kind of you know what he reminded me of he reminded me of like a the Canadian version of like a low budget fucking Hank Azaria. Like, I expected him to break out the Apu voice at some point. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a, he's a sleazy bastard. He doesn't really have much uh, in the way of airtime, you know. But this place of commerce is kind of, you know, a little fucked up cavalcade of characters. There's people, you know, arm wrestling into like, if they lose the arm wrestling bout, their hand will get pressed into those like hot irons and get branded yeah. and shit. It, it's it's craziness and not only the way that you can you know it's it plays out like an, an 80s mad max ripoff and I'd, I'd say ripoff in the most lovingly way oh uh, well the, everything after mad max was a ripoff right right but then you it, know there are any post-apocalyptic ones after mad max any good uh, yeah there's some good ones there's some definitely some good ones but everything is this uh to me another another clone is this another mad max clone you know i can think of several yeah. good ones can't think of any off the top of my head now but but who runs barter town master blaster runs barter town master blaster runs barter town Now, <laughs> the next character we get, though, <laughs> is Apple. As I say, we en enters Apple. I love the how she gets entered in. Like, she just oh, all of a sudden is, you know, she just is on the scene. All of a sudden, boom, she's just there. She's like, you know, and she's like, oh, hey, I like, I like you. You're my new friend. And she goes and talks to her old friend to, to say goodbye. She's like, I got to do something real quick. Real and she goes and talk to her friend who is a rotted, decaying corpse. And, but she's so giddy. She's obviously off her rocker. It's like, Hey, I, I found a new friend. I'll be all right now, but it's, a, it's a frigging corpse. And, <laughs> <laughs> and she just like latches on to uh, the kid, you know, she just, you know, he, he takes off without her. And then the next morning he wakes up and she's just there in his place not necessarily stalking him, but she's just like there making breakfast. She's very much like a, <laughs> she's very much like a character from like a big bang theory. She's very socially awkward. She's just like, Oh, I'm just here making you breakfast, dude. Yeah. It's like, I know I stayed over last night, but you didn't have to kick me out. Oh, <laughs> right. <I don't> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> 
But uh, I like the masks. Oh, the masks that the character wear that the Marauders wear. Yeah, yeah. But I, I forgot know we were the about Apple. Sorry, I had a couple of dirty thoughts about Apple that I had to keep to myself. But anyway, um, <laughs> I mean, you know what? Yeah. So I think with the mask, you're probably talking about Skeletron, right? The the Skeletron character with the like circle of saw for a hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his character's name is Skeletron. I, I like him. He, he never speaks. It's probably a good thing because I like the mystique of the character. He's just part of a mar- gang of marauders, and they're all on bikes. Bicycles, yes. The Bicycles. one guy is this. The one guy is this. You know, talking with uh, Frederick, the you know the man with no name. And in any other movie, what I like about this is in any other movie, Frederick would have been the main character. He would have been your main character, your Snake Plissken, your Mad Max Rakatansky character. But he's like second fiddle. He truly is second fiddle. You know, he is the man with no name, but he plays off of uh, the kid. The kid is our, our main character. You know, the, the, the character that would have been the sidekick in any other movie is now your main character. And yeah. when he's there with his buddy, they're both just taking a piss. And Skeletron kills him and he falls back. And there's that magnificent mixture of blood shooting up in the air and piss. That is this shooting in one direction and blood shooting in the other. When I first saw this, that's what surprised me the most about it. Because I thought it was going to be more PG-13. But it is totally R-rated gore. Like, damn near NC-17 level of gore. And the gore effects still hold up. I mean, they, you know, they're six years old, but they still hold up pretty well. And it's fun. It's not gross. It's a fun, you know, bloody scene. Yeah. <laughs> the, the gore is fun. And there, there's there's diff- there's some gross and then there's fun. When you have the escape rate that they have in this film of blood, <laughs> that's fun. If people who uh, who watch the movie and will see the movie will understand what I'm talking about. You yeah, know. it's an over-the-top level of gore. It's not a realistic level of gore. It's like almost an anime level of, of yes. gore and blood. Yes, like like an anime style is just shooting like that. Like a Fist of the North Star, the original, not the series, or something like that. You know, blood's just going all nuts everywhere. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I love the Gang of Marauders. You know, they're all nameless, but they all have very unique looks. And again, like you said, the masks, the masks they all have is great. Even our main baddie, our main bad guy, Michael Ironside, is Zeus. The, the, that mask that he has as Zeus, you know, when he's like yeah. addressing his public and whatnot. You know, it's, it's very much even, I think, Mad Max Fury Road even kind of... You know, I wouldn't say ripped off, but drew some inspiration, you know, for their Martin Joe character from this one. I mean, this came out before, you know, Fury Road. So I don't know, you know, if they were made at the same time or whatnot, yeah. but it was very much in a Morton Joe character. You know, he he's a he's the warlord of the area. He has control of all the water. And as you find out in flashbacks, anybody that gets any kind of water, he wants it. He's controlling all the water because if you control water, you control what? Life. Life. But he's a great bad guy. I mean, Michael Ironside is such a cool dude in real life. You know, he's a very generous guy and very, you know, just genuinely appreciative of his fans and very personable guy. You know, it's kind of, <laughs> it's like makes you wonder how, he, you know, if it was just his voice that 
got him the job, you know, playing these bad guy characters that he plays so often. But yeah, he's great. And then we get, I'm going to probably uh, destroy her name, but Apple is played by Lawrence LaBeouf. And she is great. I've actually not seen her in anything else either. You know, I need to seek out some more of her stuff. <laughs> uh, hopefully not. Hopefully not. I don't think so. <laughs> and if she is related to him, I will not hold that against her. It's not her fault. She, she's a really but, good character, though. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, before the big reveal, which we're doing spoilers here, folks. We always do spoilers. She turns out, you know, what, about midway third of the way through the movie you find out she's a robot she's a cyborg you know at yeah. first you just think she's kind of a little loopy a little crazy but then once you realize that she's a robot you understand where she's coming from and why she's a little yep. off and, and why her name is character. apple apple yeah it's a little on the nose isn't it <laughs> yeah But, you know, they, they become joined at the hip, Apple and the kid, you know, and and I <laughs> I love when he's giving her the rules of the of the road, you know, what happens in, you know, like the post apocalypse. And he's like, one rule you got to have, you got to have a weapon. And if you don't have a weapon, you make one. So oh, no. where <laughs> he makes her the gnome stick. Which is just an axe handle with a goddamn garden gnome duct tape on the end of it. And if it isn't the coolest weapon in the world, I don't know what is. It's the coolest homemade weapon. It's, it's kind of like that video game Dead Rising. They take two objects that shouldn't, you know, be melded together and say, like, how do I make a weapon? I'm going to put a sharpened gnome on the end of an axe handle. Fuck it. And it works. She, 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 I mean, she, she makes it work. But I love how she's like, she does the whole, it's an obvious uh, nod to Army of Darkness with this is my boomstick. When she's like, this is my gnome stick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, like, I, I want to I ask you a question here. You've seen Big Trouble in Little China, correct? Yes. Okay. Now, when in the next scene. It's been scene, a long time. I've been looking for it. i got to find it. Now, in the next scene, did the guy that kidnaps Apple. Didn't he not look like one of the three elements from, like, with the hat and everything? He looked like one of the three elements from Big Trouble Little yeah, China. he also looked like, what, Raiden from Mortal Kombat. Right, right. But, but you know, the one that you get from Wish. <laughs> yeah, right. This is the Dollar General. Dollar <laughs> Oh, man. But, like, that's when the kid... The kid, like, he's a comic book fan, and he likes this comic called The Turbo Rider, which was a legendary comic back in the day. But he finds, what, like, a crashed ship that's embedded halfway into the Earth with the real-life Turbo Rider still in it. Now the Turbo Rider is dead. He is in his suit, and his ship is still kind of semi-operational and whatnot. So Turbo Kid, or the kid becomes Turbo Kid because he takes the Turbo Rider's outfit and his uh, Turbo Glove. Which was just, <laughs> I, I kept thinking of like the power glove from the Super Nintendo and shit. Yeah. You know, but like this, this turbo glove, it'll wreck shit. It will obliterate your ass. And it just like, it's, it, it's, you said, um, Fist of the North Star, and that's the best way to describe it. Everything is just an explosion of body yeah. parts, gore, and blood. And so he, he gets this glove, and he bec he becomes the essence of the Turbo Rider. So here now we have Turbo Kid. He, he When he suits up, it's badass. And he obliterates that kidnapper with one blast. 
one little and he just obliterates them. And it was uh, on, the, the power level was I on one or something. Yeah, I think he put it on like one. <laughs> I don't even think he turned but it wink, up. But wink, wink, nod, nod. It does take a little bit of time to reload. Yes. And that will come into play later on when he gets a little trigger happy with it and he wants to start obliterating everybody. You realize you just can't be popping rounds off left and right. You got to conserve that energy. Remember that, young man. Yeah. Do not be popping off left and right. Be, no, be slow and steady wins off. the race. Control <laughs> your pop offs. It's all in your breathing. <laughs> What's that again, Jerry? How's that go? <sighs> <laughs> all in your breathing, gentlemen. It's all in your breathing. The ladies will be much satis- much more satisfied. You're welcome. <laughs> well, that, I, that leads into my next note here, which uh, <laughs> the next note was, the demon. was the let the juicing begin. <laughs> Remember that line when uh, Zeus is overseeing? He's got Apple. He's got the uh, Frederick character. He's got a couple of people kidnapped, and he's going on and on about water and water Look conservation, and how much water there is. And friend in there, the one with the hyenas or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, or... and he's he's going on and on about how much water there's. You know, fifty five percent water in your bones. There's you know eighty or eighty five percent water in the human brain, and you know so there's like as he puts it, there's 10 gallons of water in the average human body. So he puts them through this juicer. He puts them in like, it's, it's a pool place, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a water park. It's an industrial water park. So he has this big pool set up, this big deep end of the pool set up where it's like, uh, it's kind of like a Mad Max beyond Thunderdome. You know, it's, you know, two men enter one man leaves and, you know, he puts them up against his best, best characters, his best men, and he's going to juice them. So he says, let the juicing begin. And he, the whole thing about the body, body water ratio, I don't know how accurate that is. I would have to, I would have to look that up myself, but who knows? Uh, you know, we're not really going with sciencey science here. I, I wasn't good in biology or whatever ology that is. <laughs> whatever ology. Whatever ology. I know vibology. I know that one. <laughs> Like, this is the point where I made a note that says Zeus is a motherfucker. He blows away Apple, shoots her. You're seemingly dead. He shoots her, but she's but that's the point when you realize she's okay because she pops up later on after Turbo Kid takes out everybody. And <laughs> the Thunderdome. I love what when the Thunderdome fight starts off, the one guy starts running and skewers his own head. He just trips and falls on his pike. <laughs> <laughs> like, you dumb motherfucker. But yes, super gore scene. This is when the movie really ramps up the gore. And not to be alarmed, but Apple is okay, at least for now, because she's a robot and it takes more than just one bullet to take her out. And this is like where the movie kind of takes the psychedelic approach. You start seeing uh, Turbo Kids flashbacks, you know, and you kind of start seeing why, where he came from and his parents and, uh, Oh, you know, yeah. yeah, and you start seeing where you know Zeus has came into play, and Zeus killed his parents over water, and he says, you know, hey, if water came from this area, it's mine. You stole it. Everything in this area is mine. So, and he takes out uh, Turbo Kid's mom, takes out Cur- Turbo Kid's dad, but not before the mom hits him in the eye with a crossbow bolt, and this is the reason why that uh, Zeus 
walks around with a, an eye patch a la Snake Plissken for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And I think I'm going to get one of those. Uh, eye patch? <laughs> yeah. Eye patch or a crossbow? Which one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to use both of them at the same time. And I'll put the eye patch over my good eye. <laughs> and then shoot the crossbow. <laughs> at a party. Next, you know. But this is the point where we really find out that app what Apple is. Apple's a robot. She kind of, you know, and Turbo Kid is kind of, you know, a little taken aback by it at first, but he's just kind of like, hey, man, everybody needs a friend, even if it's a cyborg. It doesn't matter. But she's injured now, and she has that that predator-like armband that has the hearts on it. She's like, oh, it's okay. I'm just losing hearts. And he's like, what happens? With the Mario hearts. Yeah, the Mario heart levels. Or was it (laughs) Minecraft? It looks like... It actually looks more like the Minecraft hearts. Does it? I'm not familiar with yeah, Minecraft. Yeah. Thank you, Eli. Um, that's <laughs> uh, it looks like the Minecraft hearts, and that's how they disappear and make little noises, too, I believe. But I know the Minecraft hearts look like that. Like uh, 8-bit hearts, that's what they look like. Oh, okay. That's probably what they meant, meant were meant to be like. I just thought they were Super Mario like myself. That was the association I was making with it. Well, that but was then the again, and I made with it. <clears throat> but she says, you know, he says to her, what happens when you have no more hearts? She's like, oh, I'll, I'll shut down. Oh, you mean you'll die? She's like, yeah, no, I'll die. She's just so happy about it. She's happy about everything, even with the prospect of dying and not existing anymore. She doesn't really care. And I think this is something, something so, I don't know, unique about that with her character. And <laughs> yeah, I love, I love Apple. Uh, she, she's yeah. she's the best character of the movie by far. Yes, yes. and I, now that, that, that made the movie great for me. If if it wasn't for that, I don't know if I would have made it. <laughs> now, did you catch this? I, I know you're an '80s child, much like me. When she's teaching him how to fight, and yes, she says, strike first, strike hard, no mercy. I'm like motherfucking Cobra Kai. <laughs> they no. went Cobra Kai up on this bitch. And there again, this is before the TV show came out. This movie came out before the TV show came out. Yeah, so, so just just know that if people go out and watch this, this was done before Cobra Kai came out. So it was an actual 80s reference. Yes. Well, and, and I skipped past this at the beginning when they uh, introduced the movie with, with the, the opening credits. It says, wherever fine laser discs are sold and... and and manufactured that was just like me being a laser disc collector i was like oh i didn't i did not realize that was on there at the beginning i had not paid attention yeah i couldn't remember who it was uh uh if it was you or if it's scott but uh now it's you because i know scott does the other ones the other format oh he does vhs yeah I do everything. I do everything but Betamax because Betamax is just so hard to come by, even harder than Laserdisc these days. You know, I love me some old and obsolete, uh, you know, physical media formats. Title. But, oh, gosh, it goes a little crazy here at this point. Uh, Bagu uh, gives up, uh, you know, he runs into the kid and, and, um, oh, he Apple. Quick. 
Yeah, he folds quick. You know, like he he sends them off to the robot robot graveyard to find some parts so that he can fix Apple so she won't lose all her hearts and die. And then he gets kidnapped by Zeus and Skeletron, and you know by all their you know Goombas and whatnot. And like they tie up, they cut his his stomach open, tie a rope to a loop of his intestines. And tie it to a bicycle that they're going to ride and whatnot. And before they can even torture him with it, he just gives them up. Which I, you know, <laughs> it was not a big surprise that that's what he was going to do. But, like, it doesn't save him. You know, the, the gut bike just doesn't save him. You know, uh, Skeletron just starts pedaling on the bike, pulling out loops of his intestines until he's completely degutted. And it's as gross as you think it is, folks. This is it's as gory and as, and as gross as it sounds. It is that it is that gore. It is gross gory. Really <laughs> what you th- what you think of that one, Jerry? Yeah, yeah. It's it was kind of the the way I watched this movie. It was kind of tough to watch that part because I get t- kind of sick to my stomach at certain things. <laughs> <laughs> the way I watch my movies. Oh, uh, but it was it, it, you knew it wasn't going to save him. You know, it, you know. Uh, the way I watch my movies, Cam. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it probably would have turned your stomach just a little bit, didn't it? Yep. <laughs> but man, um, it, it goes left and right here. I mean, like the, the last half of this movie had to be hard for you to watch. It this stuff turns your stomach because Apple gets decapitated by Skeletron, but they they don't worry, they still fix her up with duct tape. Even in the future, everything is uh, you know <laughs> fixed with duct tape. Way Uh, yeah, I mean, like, Zeus brings out an army for the final showdown. I mean, I, that motherfucker, he had an endless supply of the, those roving gang of marauders and shit. I'm not sure where you're at in the movie right now watching it, but I'm sure we're oh. not that far along. Oh, no. No, not at all. We're we're at the uh, Raiden part. <laughs> <laughs> but really, from this point on, it's just pure brutality in the movie right i mean like yeah. it's, it's not, it, the, that final showdown when ola frederick shows up and frederick's missing a hand by this point they cut his hand off i love the fact he's like yeah i'll keep an eye on things and he's like or how, how does he say it when he says to zeus and he's like you only got one good eye and he's like well now you only got one good hand yeah something but but they use it in some form but it's just really the the, the back and forth with them are just it's really funny i and think i get Real, really laughed out loud on that. Well, and and that's a testament to just how good of an actor Michael Ironside is, because like I said, I met him, you know, and, and I got an autograph from the dude and talked to them a little bit, and you know, and, and listen to him talk. You never would guess that he plays all these despicable fucking characters like he does in this movie, but he's just got that look, and he's got that, you know. He's got that just way about him, you know. It's just like it's just like you, Jerry. You no know, people don't, don't, wouldn't know you know you're how lovable you are, but you you're the demon. I am. <laughs> you're always going to be the demon, to us, Jerry. And I mean that the most loving, lovingly way possible. That, that old dirty demon. <laughs> that old dirty demon. Uh, now I gotta ask, okay, because I got a note here what my favorite kill was. Did you have a favorite kill in this movie? I did not. 
that was a long I, Jeopardy was, moment to pro- say it no. Was, it probably had, it probably had to be the the degutting or the gutting yeah. because that 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 was really intense for me, and uh, <clears throat> I did watch it when I uh, you know had kids around, so I watched it and uh, it made sense, <laughs> but. <laughs> unlike i am right now but i didn't uh it was a good kill because of the grossness i guess i'm trying to get at. no you said you did watch this with your kids around or you didn't they weren't in the room (laughs) he wasn't in the room he was in the other room (laughs) (laughs) so i can't watch it the way i normally watch it where's my vape (laughs) Look, look at me in the video camera (laughs) <laughs> you're eyeballing me i can see yeah uh, now, okay cut this part out i didn't watch it high okay back I, in. I i i watched this totally sober to be yeah, honest i, I watched this it totally sober <laughs> i watched this but um like that as well and, that being said though my favorite kill was during the the finale the big finale at the end with frederick and turbo kid and all his guys when Frederick goes up and punches the guy in the face, rips off his jawbone, and then uses it to stab out the guy's eyeballs. When he stabs out the dude's eyeballs with his own jawbone, I was like, that's some sort of brutality. That's like, listen, I'm going to rip rip off a part of your body and use it to, to stab you to death with. Uh, <laughs> you know, for a movie that is, like, very uh, fun, it, it was very brutal. <laughs> it was. It was, but it was a fun brutal. Yeah, favorite weapon though. My favorite weapon is the nunchucks with because everybody in this movie has a different wet weapon. The, the nunchucks with the hammers. Hammer chucks. Hammer chucks. Oh, why didn't Bruce Lee think of that? Yeah, that seems like a Wu Tang kind of thing right there. <laughs> yeah, Wu Tang. I'm wearing uh, a Wu Tang yeah. shirt, everybody. Uh. <laughs> what about when Apple shows up during the final battle because she's all knocked out? having been shot again, and she shows up with a unicorn strapped to the front of her bicycle. And she runs that, it that one guy? Man. Yeah, the, the guy that's like, uh, yeah, the one girl that's standing on uh, Turbo Kid's neck crushing his throat, and she shows up and just runs the unicorn right through him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but then we have the body that gets thrown up into the air, and then lands on top of the other guy, so his head is rammed up the other guy's. The totem? Yeah, the totem body. The body on a body within a body. <laughs> like <laughs> and the legs were just sitting up on top. <laughs> just flopping around. Once again, great effects, you know, good. Hey. So there's, there's some great special effects in this. There's a lot of CGI, but there's a lot of good practical gore. It's a good 50-50 mix. They mixed it up quite a bit. You know, for every scene there is with, you know, some obvious CGI, there's some very obvious and very well done, uh, you know, practical gore and special effects. And I commend them for that, for not going straight up just all CGI. And, you know, kudos for that. I, I give them that. But yeah. there's a lot of the effects they wouldn't have been able to pull off, I think, without the use of CGI. You know, I'm a big proponent of, you know, regular gore. Our, our boy Derek from Cruel Summer, special yeah. effects man, he would agree with me on that, I would think. I'd have to get him on the show at some point. But Derek Worley, if you're out there listening to this, this one's for you. This, If you haven't seen Turbo Kid, I highly recommend it, sir. You need to watch it. Some good, 
good gore, good special effects. But anyway. Pass that. Pass the body within a body on a body. The decapitations, the exploding bodies, the jawbone used as a weapon to stab somebody in the face with. That is nothing compared to the fact that we find out all along Zeus is a motherfucking robot. <laughs> what? He was a robot? I mean, uh, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, I had almost forgot about that. I mean, I, I know this is a first time watch for you. I, mean, I don't know how much of a surprise it was for you, but like I hadn't watched it, like I said, in a good year and a half, two years. And I had forgotten that he was a robot, that they had that total revelation at the end that he was like a servant robot and he had killed his master with the same golf club that he used to kill, you know, his, uh, his the mom. turbo kids. Turbo yeah. Kids mother. Yeah, yeah. He went in that whole speech, that good, you know, monologue where he's, you know, talking about, you know, I was a servant and I killed, killed my master, you know, and all this crazy shit that he starts talking, you know, and only the way that Michael Ironside can. So I'm not going to try to replicate yeah. any of it. Cause that would just be a sacrilege, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> It, it, we're almost at the end here. We're almost at the end of this crazy freaking trippy flick. And I think it needs to be said here before we finish up. The the movie is not an American movie. It is a Canadian slash New Zealand production. Because really? like a couple of the actors were uh, from New Zealand and Australia. Most of them were from Canada, like Michael Ironside, Monroe Chambers, uh, Lawrence LaBeouf, and a bunch of the other characters. <clears throat> So yeah, this was a, a co-production. Talent pool in Canada. Canada has a great talent pool out there. Oh yeah, yeah, awesome movie, and I'd love to see more stuff from these people. Now, before I get into the very, very last bit of it, I want to give a shout out to the directors. This was directed by three people. Uh, this is directed by uh, Francois Samard. I'm probably skewering their names bad so i apologize folks i have the utmost respect for you but i'm horrible at pronouncing names even if it was just bill jones i wouldn't i would probably mispronounce it nine times out of ten but it's a uh, francois samard and a brother and sister team uh the wassells anouk wassell and yuan carlson are brother and sister team and they're a trio of uh directors they work on a bunch of stuff together they've consistently worked together over the years and I forgot the name of their, uh, oh, what the hell of their uh, company uh, production. Yeah. Production company. But this started out as a short, this was a short film called T is for turbo, which you can find on, uh, was on the ABC's of death, uh, the, the, the anthology film series. And you can also find it on uh, YouTube. It's pretty well, uh, you, you can find it just about anywhere. It's streaming just about anywhere. But yeah, they, I forgot the name of their their company and whatnot. But they are a great team. I would love to see more from them. I know well, that they and they need a a a, a seven foot tall guy that that they know who to call. <laughs> just say yes. Well, they did a movie. Uh, they worked on a movie called Summer of '84. That's a I think it's available on Prime or Netflix. I can't remember. But another good uh, Canadian horror flick that's really, really good. I want to say I watched that. Hmm. <clears throat> I'll have to go check. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, they did a couple other shorts in between. 
And um, from what I understand, according to the IMDb, and you can't take everything on the IMDb as truth because they're, they have a lot of titles up there that are not, you know, not legit. But there is a tur Turbo Kid 2 listed as being in pre-production and has been listed for a year or two here. Now, I'm not sure, you know, how legit that is. I would hope that they can, you know, make a, a part two. Because I, I loved it, and it would depend on you know how they do it. Because the way this ends, I mean, let's get into the ending. I mean, the way it ends, they de defeat Zeus, they blow him up with a nuke, and not a nuke, but a bomb. And Apple uses herself to shield the kid from all the flying debris, and she gets blown halfway to bits. You know, Apple dies to save the Turbo Kid. And so, you know, they, they bury her at the end. They bury her in a little shallow grave on this playground or whatnot. And Turbo Kid goes off on his own. He basically says, you know, I want to see what the rest of the wasteland looks like. And that's where it ends with him riding his uh, bicycle like a, you know, like riding his horse into the, you know, the like a pale rider or unforgiven. He's so, just riding off into the sunset. So if uh, this is this is what I could think. Would you like my my thoughts on how they can oh, do Oh, yes. It? Yeah, definitely. Go so, for it. Uh, let's say he goes to the other side of the wasteland where Apple said she was from. And he finds where Apple was from. And he finds another Apple because Apple was a companion. But. Yeah. I would love a sequel, but I would not be I would not be behind a sequel that did not have Apple in it. Oh yeah, she no, was no. she no. was the saving grace of this movie. Not the saving grace. That well, that, that goes a little far, my, but she's the shining <laughs> moment of this movie. You see what my the, the only way they could have a part two is to bring her back, right? Right. Okay. Right. There, there's no no, you don't leave Apple off. You leave Apple off, you won't get me watching it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know it's it's called Turbo Kid. It's not called Apple, but she is the the shining star of this movie. I love her character. She's got a the character has a great personality, a great look, and it's just a lovely character. And I love the dynamic between Turbo Kid and Apple. And I would love to see that blossom more. So hopefully it'll happen. But in in essence, the end, you know, is they find the explosion when they blow up Zeus finds that the water supply was underground all the time. So, you know, they, they, you know, Turbo Kid leaves Frederick, the probably the least capable person that you would want to leave with something that big of a responsibility, leaves the water supply with him and rides off on his own. And that's it. You know, the water supply is there. It's going to save hundreds of people, quote unquote, hundreds of people, if not more. So Turbo Kid saves the day and rides off into the sunset, taking none of the, you know, None of the, uh, you know, the blame or none of the credit, uh, more or less, you know, and just rides off in the sunset. And that's the end of he, our movie. He's a true hero. But yeah. what's going to happen when what's-his-name can't take care of that water supply and it turns into water world? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, God, shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, that, that's a movie we don't need a sequel to. We do not need a sequel to Water World. If Kevin Costner what? pops up in Turbo Kid 2, I'm out. I'm totally out. What? <laughs> Waterworld. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Yeah. 
Don't need a Waterworld 2. Don't need it. Don't need it. Don't want it. <laughs> oh, God. Now, I got to ask. We're, we're, at the end of the, we're at the end of the movie, so we're almost at the end of the show. And I can see you're a little busy right now, so I'll give you a second to think, contemplate this. <laughs> Go ahead and give us your final thoughts on the movie, your final review, on a, and a rating on a scale from 1 to 10, if you will. Final review of the movie. I enjoyed it. I, it's 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 a it's it's a good one of my favorite movies. Um, the story was great. Yeah, people's copied it. Maybe they've copied some stuff. Who hasn't? Nowadays, everything's been done. Uh, we just put our own little twist on it. I love this twist. What is it? Uh, Shakespeare said there's something. There's only like six or seven storylines, you know, or or plot lines, and you know everything else is just a variance. <laughs> well, yep. Look, look everywhere in every book that you find at the store. So, uh, so it was really good movie. I enjoyed it. Like I said, it's going to be one of my top favorite ones, uh, just because of just the way it is, and. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight and I, I'm going to say an eight because for one, we had razor blades, but we didn't have chainsaws. Don't leave off a chainsaw. There was a chainsaw though, wasn't there? I thought there was only saw blades. I thought there was a chainsaw uh, at one point. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, I, maybe I'm totally wrong. I thought there was a a chainsaw at one point. No, there was just the the saw blades. There was just the the cir circular saw blades. As I he guess had that the kind big of saw blade that shot out and it just like cut through the man. That's right. You're right. Not technically a chainsaw, but kind of, kind of, sort of, kind of a saw blade, but not. Yeah. So you give it what an eight out of ten? You say eight out of ten. Okay, I'm gonna match you. I'm gonna match you. I'm coming into this a little bit higher. This movie is kind of special to me. Like I said, I haven't got to see the premiere like we did the, the you know, the Indiana Chicago Land slash premiere of it with Michael Ironside there and doing a Q and A. So it has a little bit of a special place in my heart. Uh, I'm giving it a nine out of ten, namely because I, I love the fact that it's a fun, loving, gory movie. It's a gory movie, not in the in the sense of like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre or. Yeah. You know, a Saw movie. It's it's fun. It's a fun gore movie. It's it's yeah. you know, I mean, for all its dark themes and, and dark matter to it, it's it's a very fun movie. And and I love a good post apocalyptic flick. They know what kind of movie they were making here. They were making a BMX Bandits meets Rad meets Mad Max, and they knew what they had here, and they were unapologetic apologetic about it. You know, they didn't make any excuses. They didn't pretend to be anything that they weren't. But it had a good story to it. It had great characters. Uh, I love Monroe Chambers and uh, LaBeouf in it. I think that both of them were great. And their kind of pseudo love story had a great arc to it. I was sad at the end when Apple gets, you know, bumped off. You know, I, I was uh, genuinely, that was probably the one reason why I couldn't give it a 10. Otherwise, you know, I, I love me a good uh, post-apocalyptic flick. It's one of my favorite subgenres. And but yeah, nine out of ten. Great gore, great acting. Michael Ironside is great. Everybody is great in it. Uh, I love the uniqueness of all the characters. Each character is very unique. Even the Marauders, for uh, since the fact that they're all very nameless and whatnot. You know, some of them are just named. You know, in this 
and the uh, credits are just, uh, you know, the bounty hunter, the giant warrior, the female guard, the, this killer, that killer, you know, none of them really have yeah. <laughs> names, you know, most of them are just like guard number, you know, they have so many guards, they're just guard number one through 14, you know, and, yeah. or gladiators through one through 12, you know, it it's just a, but it's a great movie. Everything about it is very unique, and I it makes me want to see more from these people. It makes me want to see more from the directors and the writers. And I feel like I haven't done my due diligence and sought out more movies uh, by the main actors, by Monroe Chambers and Lawrence LaBeouf. I, would, I need to see more of their stuff, and that's something with this past viewing I'm going to do. I'm going to seek out more of their material, see what I can find on any of my streaming services. And if not, I'm going to buy a couple of things. You know, uh, a lot of their stuff is, like I said, obviously, it's uh, they're Canadian actors. And so kudos to all my Canadian brothers and sisters out there, because this you ought to be proud of this movie. This movie yeah. is the bomb. And I'm kind of glad that I, I, I picked this one out. I'm glad that you, you, you liked it, because I know I've been, you know, other than our first movie we did, Cabin in the Woods, I know the last couple with this and Mandy, you know, you uh, hadn't... Uh, seen either one of them so i'm glad you liked it brother i was glad i could further uh debilitate your mind i love to be debilitated i mean what <laughs> <laughs> oh. well that being said I, I hate to say it but that's going to be pretty much the end of our show that may not be the end of our night we'll talk here a little bit after the fact but folks you have been listening to this is your brain on film and we have been been reviewing and dissecting the 2015 Canadian film Turbo Kid. With that being said, folks, uh, thank you once again for listening to Cinema Degeneration. We appreciate your patronage, and we appreciate appreciate you listening. And, you know, as Damn. always, thank you for listening to us ramble on. And there'll Love be more to come. Love Cameron. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much.